your name God for the opportunity you have given us again to yet see one way we can contribute to the expansion of your kingdom. Lord we ask that you grant the grace that is required that your mind that which is your heartbeat to pass on to your people this morning will not be blood in any way in the name of Jesus. Lord, make your word clear. I just keep myself at the feet of the cross that you will use me. It's not about me, but it's about you and about your purpose for your church, for the nations of the world, that you will accomplish it, that you will establish it through the preaching of your word. To the glory and praise of your name forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just want to start this message thanking Daddy and the rest of the clergy for giving me again the opportunity to be here and to share very briefly on the topic, literature evangelism. I want to thank God because it is a rare privilege. When God wants you to benefit, he gives you the opportunity to teach. So as you are learning, God is speaking to you and before you now pass across to his people. I really want to thank you again and the rest of the leaders of the church. And this morning I want to start by sharing with us the burden in the heart of God. And we are going to stand as we sing that song again. I will sing, you respond to the refrain. And uh, if you are sure you are not part of what we are doing, you don't want to be part. Because what we are teaching today gives everybody opportunity. And so by the time you finish hearing what we are teaching today, the Lord has us, wants us to hear today. Nobody in this church will say, I cannot witness. Because God has made it so easy, so possible that nobody who has this faith in us, in you, will ever say, I am not able to pass it across. It is possible. So I want to, uh, let's stand as I sit, we sing that song. I will sing so that you will know what, uh, how it is sung. There are millions I have made Of all people, of all land Groaning daily in the bonds of sin People precious unto me, 
streaming daily into hell who will rescue them from satan's power lord and willing lord and willing oh lord and willing lord and willing lord and willing to obey your call lord and want you to bring back the verse of the song as you listen again to what God is saying so that when you are saying I am willing you will know what you are responding to he says there are millions I have made of all people of all land groaning daily in the bonds of sin People precious unto me, streaming daily into hell, who will rescue them from Satan's power? Lord, I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing, oh Lord, I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing, oh Lord, I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing. Obey your call, Lord, I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing to arrive. Can you just talk to God again and say, Lord? I have made this commitment. And as you make it easy for me, Lord, I'm willing. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Can we sit down? We have to start this way because since January, we have been talking of this same thing. Through several means, through several ways, we have been talking of going, going, going. And today we are talking about literature evangelism. And, you know, if you have been part of this church all this while, you will find that sometimes when you talk of the way Capro is ministering, you say, ah, that one is far off. The way CMF is going, ah, that one, I can't, I can't do that one. Okay, CMDA, last two weeks. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. Okay, uh, what of the uh, scripture union? Oh, no, I'm not in SU. And you are just there. But today, no matter where you place yourself, God is giving everyone the opportunity to have the, the be involved in the mission, in the business of uh, giving out the gospel sharing the gospel and literature evangelism is 
just if you know what literature is and what evangelism is, if you put them together, you have literature evangelism. Literature is a written work of art. A written work of art. You know, many of us read Shakespeare. You never saw Shakespeare, but you read his book. And you know how he thinks. You know his opinions. So when we talk of literature, it is something that spans the years. And it lasts as far outlives the person who wrote it. And when we talk of evangelism, it is sharing the message of eternal life. The good news of the gospel. Good news, not bad news. All around us today, there's so much bad news. But the good news is that we have the good news. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And uh, literature evangelism dates back to the Old Testament. It dates back to the Old Testament. If we read Deuteronomy 6, 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 9. He said, The Lord said to, the, to Moses and to the rest of the Israel, Israelites, and said, And thou shalt write them upon the posts, and on thy house, and on thy gates. Write it down, put it down. That thing you, you are telling them, you are teaching them, write it down. And it is that same writing that continue to pass on that message. And we see that when the king, Josiah, in 2 Kings 22, let's read it, 2 Kings 22, 8 to 11. We see Josiah, the king that has a heart for doing what God wants. But somehow, he didn't know everything that God wanted until Hikiah found the written word of God. He found it, showed it to Shaphan, and Shaphan now said, let's show it to the king. And I'm reading from verse 8 to 11. It says, And Hikiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hikiah gave the book up to Shaphan. And Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it, to, it into the hands of them that do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, He carried the priest had delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king had had the words of the book of the law, that he rent his robes. And the king commanded that the priest and the Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, and all the priests and the servants of the king, saying, Go inquire the Lord for me and for the people, for all Judah, concerning the words of this book and that is found. For it is the great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. If you now go down, you will find that that reading of that literature, that work 
that was written down a long time ago now brought a great revival among the people of uh, Israel. Even the passage we read during the lesson, the Ethiopian Enoch was reading something that was a, a passage, a scroll from Isaiah the prophet. And he read, and from what he read, Isaiah, uh, Philip was able to come in when he came close to him and said, do you understand what you are reading? He said, I don't, because I'm not sure anybody will understand it, except somebody explains it. So, literature makes it easy for people who are not even in that generation to still find that work very, very important, very, very full of blessing, and doing almost the same work that he did when that work was uh, written. So it's not today that it started. It dates back to the days of the Bible. Praise the Lord. The tools that are used for literature evangelism include the Bible, books, booklets, magazines, tracts, devotionals. How many of the people who are my age mates have read something like uh, Help from Above many years back? How many of you read tracts from Grace and Truth, even though all of them may not be the truth, but it did something in your life? I'm actually a product of uh, literature evangelism. People have always talked to me, preached and preached and preached, but it wasn't until I picked one small booklet written by Chick's publication that I read and it just sh uh, shone the light in my heart and I came to that understanding that I need to give my life to Christ. So it does a lot of work. You may not see it there. You may not be there when it happens, but it is a very powerful tool for witnessing. Praise the Lord. Our challenge of literature evangelism in our time is that many of us we say in the Nigeria and I want us to read what Ecclesiastes wrote in Ecclesiastes eleven verse fourteen. Eleven verse four. If you find it, please you can read it for me. Verse 5, as you do not know what is the way of the wind, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Praise the Lord. So, you don't say, oh, people will not read it. And some people, when you give them tracts, they will just before you there shred it and throw it away. Some of them will just say, I'm not reading, I don't want it. And because of that, you say, literature evangelism, does it work? I have told you of myself. I also had the story that uh, Billy Graham told many years back of a Surgeon General in, in Scotland that his shoe picked a track. And when he got home and stuck out the track 
and read it. That was the point he met Jesus. And he was greatly used in his country for the purpose of the gospel of Christ. So don't be discouraged. Those people who throw it away, they are, they are all part of the, the uh, group. They are part of the work. They are part of the work. In short, I read of a missionary in one of the uh, Arab countries that had been preaching, going from type, uh, house to house, reaching out people, and nothing was happening. And the Spirit of God said to him, just take those tracks and go and spread it around the dustbin. And he did. The first two converts he made, he made were people who picked those tracks from there. So you don't know which one God is going to use. Whether it is even that one that was crumbled and thrown away, that somebody will say, and read it, and it touches the heart. Praise the Lord. So, let us not be discouraged. God knows how to work out his purpose. And why do we need to use literature evangelism? Why do we use it? The first thing you must know is that in literature, it transcends time. It's not something that stops with you. The tract you give to one person in a bus or at the place of work, maybe that person will finish reading it, get home, drop it, the child reads it, and it still touches, it keeps going. From, it has ripple effects. You give somebody the, day, the women mirror. We know that small magazine. Somebody reads it, gives to another, and that person reads again, and the effect keeps uh, spreading. So it's, it has multiple effects. And uh, talk about all the other excuses we can give to God. The things we can tell God that that's why we are not witnessing. Some of us will say, I don't have time. This one helps you to witness in a very sweet time. Very quickly. Ha! Ah, God bless you, brother. How are you? You don't need time. The time frame for you to use it is very, very small. You don't need a lot of time. So those of us who have been saying, I don't have time. I don't have time. The tracts, the books, the Bibles, the magazines, the daily devotionals, they make it very, very easy and sharp. You can very swiftly give five, six people tracts in within five minutes. And the message goes on all the same. Praise the Lord. Some of us will say, I am not fluent like Moses in Exodus 4.10. I don't, I don't know how to speak. You know? When I want to speak, it's very difficult for me. I don't even know where to start. Every tract, every book that is written has a sacrifice that has been made on it. If you think of our Bible, the Bible that we are reading today, Wycliffe was born alive by the time he finished translating the Bible. But for him, at 56 when he was going, 
he was fulfilled. He was happy that nothing, nothing will stop the movement of this Bible. And today, we have the complete Bible. And we are reading it. And our lives are being affected. So literature already, there are people already who have made sacrifices. The person who sits down to write a book that you can share very freely has already made sacrifices. Has already prayed over those books. People who write tracts don't just write them, they pray over them. So the sacrifices over these ones has already been invested. And Jesus is saying this, this time around, come and just reap from other men's uh, labors. This work is already done. Just come and become part of those who are doing the harvest. And I, a, a particular thing that we, I want us to read from Matthew 21 to 7, that's where many of us are. Many of us are within that range. The excuses we give. No one has hired me. Have you ever said that? No one has hired me. You know? In Matthew 21 to 7, the Bible compared the kingdom of heaven to a household holder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. Those that are hired and they are in the field as missionaries, they are there. They are laboring. So many people are priests and bishops and full-time teachers. They are on their own. Some other people in your church that you count as ginging people, they are also laboring. And you just stand one place and say, nobody has hired me. Nobody has hired me. And I want you to know that the king of kings is saying to you today, go ye also into the vineyard. There is something you can do. Take up the tracks, take up the books and go. Even if it's one hour you are doing it, there is still work for you to do. So, there is no excuse left anywhere. You cannot say, I was not hired. God has uh, hired you. And the literature, the work of literature, whether it is a tract, whether it's a book, or it's a Bible, that you give out, it's usually targeted at people who are personally seeking the Lord. They are on their own looking for, how do I meet the Lord? And that's why Jehovah's Witness is busy confusing so many people. Because they are ready with their literature. Giving it out, you have to pay now. But this one, God is asking you, give it out freely. You are not to sell. But that thing they are giving out, so many people read it, if you don't know. In short, some people who are truly seeking, eventually, those things point them to seek more, and they eventually find the Lord. So why would we who have the truth sit back and just wait, and people are busy distributing lies? 
Why would we, who are the ones who, are, who have the truth, shy away from giving people the truth when others who sell lies, who are giving things that are not true, come with it very readily? In short, no matter how high your walls are, they will come there. They will come. So let's also know that so many people are seeking. And you cannot even say that it's only the literate that can... The literate will read it. The literate will understand it. But the illiterate can also distribute it. If you are not read, if you are not learned, you don't know how to read and write, you can also distribute the tract. You can tell your son, take this my Bible, uh-huh, read it for me. Read it for me. And he is reading. He is hearing the word of God. You are hearing. Say, eh, kawano mihomin, mabuno ibo koj, abuno ibo. Say, eh, is that what the Bible is saying? Both of you have heard the word of God. So nobody, nobody is outside this range. This one covers everybody. You can be involved. That's what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. So how do we get involved in literature evangelism? How do we do it? The first thing we know we can do is to distribute. You can distribute. You don't, you don't just uh, distribute anything. Like our brother Bolu said sometime, he said, this gospel, this gospel, he don't just share anything. In short, I was so angry. Not really that I was angry with anybody, but the way Christians have left the focus. At Lokogoma bus stop at Abuja, I was standing because somebody dropped me to take a taxi to somewhere. And uh, one young lady was just very busy, seriously sharing what I thought was a tract. And she was giving to everybody, whether you are of other faith, whether you are a Christian or any, she was just busy and zealously giving out. And eventually, I got one. And I sat back to read. It has no message. There was no message. It was about if you come to the church, how the Lord will bless you, and in the very near future, your, your, all your problems will be solved, and you will be living big and living wonderfully. And I was wondering, how does this convict a man of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment? What is in this message that will prick the heart of the person that is reading it? Nothing. So, find, if, you, if you must distribute a tract, find the tracts that say gives the message of this gospel. This gospel. The message of eternal life. That's the only thing the world doesn't have. The world has every other thing. They can give you every other thing. Technology is giving people so many wonderful things in life. Scammers are scamming and making money. It doesn't matter. But the only gift they don't have is the gift of eternal life. And you have it. 
So when you want to distribute a track, find out. Read it. If you can't read, ask somebody to assess it for you. To read it for you and say, is this one good? Can I share this? And like I said before, when we are sharing these tracts, you are looking at people's faces. Some people, in short, there are churches, there are organizations, let me not just call them churches, there are organizations that mandate their members not to read tracts. But some of us are in positions that they can't afford to refuse the tract from us. You are his lecturer, and you say, take. Who is that student who will say no? He can't. So, you don't even mind uh, the, the re- response of the person. Some are frowning when you are bringing it. Some are saying, mm, I, will I have time to say, just take it. You will, you will find time. Just find time and read it. And as you are distributing, people are, are hearing the word of God. This is a message that has already been prepared and it's complete. It's a message that is already prepared and complete on its own. So you can share it. Another way is that we can distribute magazines. The uh, Women Mirror uh, that I've said before. It's a very powerful tool of witnessing. You keep giving it to young women, men. Even young men, they read it. Read it. Give to them. And it's like, is it 15 naira now or something? If you have a big office, keep some in your office. So that when people come, they pick and they read. And you can also go to, especially those of us who are living in places like GRA and uh, independence layouts and uh, our neighbors wall us off. You don't, you don't ever have the opportunity to witness to them. So package good books, small, small books, like the one our daddy wrote and so many others like uh, Mr. Me runs a race. There are so many. And these ones are there so that you can go. No, 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 no. That small opening that he will open and is frowning or smiling. It's okay, I just brought this so that you and your family could read and share at an appropriate time. Thank you very much. Maybe he takes it and never pays attention. Remember what the Ecclesiastes said? He said, you don't know how the bones are formed in a woman's womb. You don't know how God will stir up that heart and say, pick up this book. You collected it. Just read it. So that you're not just there. Your neighbors, you you have never met them, you have never talked to them. You can go and drop a piece of Christian literature with them. And in God's own time, he will also use it to affect their lives. So, talking about distribution... Many of us leave our houses every day. They don't have, we don't have tracts in our pocket bags. Especially we women. We have a lot of frivolities in our bag. We have the powder to rub when our faces are oily. We have lipsticks to shine our lips. We have all manner of, what will I call it, irrelevances. But you don't have a gospel tract in your bag. And you are meeting people 
at restrooms, at different places, and God is asking you, just drop a message with this. This is a ready message. You may not even be able to spend so much time. Just hand over that message and let God take over from there. So don't ever say, I don't want, I don't have anything to do. As you're going out in the morning, prayerfully pick up tracks and put them in your bag. Men, your pockets are there. Your phone is always with you. So also let tracks also go with you wherever you're going. I know that there was a day I was going to uh, daddy's house and uh, I just got to where the people are washing, all those artisans are. Say, stop and give them. I stopped and distributed all the tracks I had on me that day. And I went. Only one person wanted to talk. I talked with that person and continued. It also makes it easier for you to witness. Maybe that's your uh, director. You know, in our office now, directors are big people. The chief executive, you may not even have the courage to just go to him and say, Sir, I want to witness to you. But as you sum up courage and say, Prof, let me give you a tract. He said, You? Eh? Okay, what is in it? He said, Door, open. So you can now talk. Remember that witnessing is not about you convincing the person, it's about sowing the seed that is required at that moment. The Bible tells us that it is the Holy Spirit that does the work of convicting men of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. It is not yours. Yours is to get this message out. If you listen to that message, God is like crying, like you have a a young uh, daughter, let me say. A young daughter in the U.S. You're paying her school fees. You're sustaining her. You're doing everything. And you are telling her, one of your brothers is in another state or in another part of that same state. And she has a problem. Please go and rescue her. Go and rescue her. And she's just busy acquiring dollars, acquiring properties. If you are the person who is sustaining her, how will you feel? You won't be happy. God has sent us. He's keeping us. He's supplying our needs. And he's saying, there are other sheep I have who have not yet come back to this fold. Go and get them in. Go and get them in. So you can be part of the distribution. There is something you can distribute. Books, uh, tracts, Bibles, anything that is written that has the message of this gospel, you can be part of it. Another thing you can do is that you can you can write. You can write tracts. You can write tracts. You know, before all the tracts that are distributed came in from abroad. And some of them are written, or most of them are written, with the culture of those people at heart. What is important to them, the way they reason, the examples that are in their environment, they use it to make their illustration. But here, our own ideas, the way we reason, are different. 
the, the things we are chasing. And, uh, uh, somebody in the U.S. is not bothered about hunger. But somebody here is hungry, primarily, and is worried, how do I meet my daily feeding problems? So, you can also study the environment and write a tract that addresses such an issue. I know that I work in Anambra, and that, the tract I wrote first was targeted at people whose business is just, let me make money. Let me do the things that are good and make, build a good house, marry a good wife. So I wrote a tract addressing it. And quite a number of times, people will call, asking questions, you know, for further spiritual direction. So you can write. I, there is one in, I will yet write, are you like Cornelius? There are so many self-righteous people around us. And when you ask that question, the person will now look at the credentials that Cornelius presents and know that I don't even have anything. So you can study the environment, study your target audience, and write a tract that readily presents the message. And as you hand it over, the Holy Spirit, even when you are speaking in a bus or any other people, a place, some people might not be listening. You will think they are listening. Some people, immediately you start talking, they will get their uh, chaplet and start praying. But when you give the tract, whether she wants to listen or not, in the course of time, that tract will also surface again. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So you can write. You can also fund the publication of tracts. There are some tracks that are good, but you don't find them again. You can also take it to some uh, these printers. With 20,000, you have at least 20,000 pieces, uh, 3,000 pieces of uh, tracks that you can distribute. Keep in your office or keep in your house. So that people who are coming to your house will pick these tracks and it's a message that is ready. And they can go with it. Praise the Lord. So, when we look at all these things, we find that nobody will say, I cannot do anything. Is there anybody here who cannot give a tract to somebody? Can you, can you raise your hand if you cannot give a tract to somebody? You can't give a tract, you can't give a book, you can't give anything. Okay, so all of us can. And regularly, tracts are kept at the back of the church, where you can pick some, and from there, begin the ministry of distribution. Praise the Lord. So, lastly, as I round off, I want us to also look at how do you equip yourself for literature evangelism? What do you do to equip yourself for literature evangelism? Because like every other means of witnessing, it is also a means of reaching the soul. One of the things we need to do is to live a life that is aligned to the message we preach. You know, one of uh, Mommy Ruby's uh, little nephew said that one of the uh, uh, staff in their office Gave, gave her a track, gave him a track. After 
shouting at him and messing him up. And you just felt like tearing it in front of her. Just said, okay, because of God, I will not tear it. So if your life is not aligned to the message, because once you are bringing it, the person already knows you want to preach to him. So if your life is not aligned to that message, you will become rather a hindrance to that gospel rather than being able to expand the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another thing is that for us to distribute or write or fund or do anything, we must also be involved in passionate prayers. Passionate prayers. Passionate prayers. If you ask me sincerely, one of the greatest things that is needed in the gospel, for the gospel to expand, it is passionate prayers. On Wednesday, uh, Reverend Okeke was telling us to learn how to cry again. We cry to God over every other problem. When I kneel down and I have an issue about money, about finances, about problems in my home, about this, this, that, I kneel down and I cry very easily. But do I remember the 1040 window and the millions of people going to, streaming daily into hell? In our nation, you can hardly preach to anybody now. And they will tell you, all these pastors that are doing this thing, all that they want is just to take our money. No, they are no longer interested in listening. Does it make us cry? While I was preparing this message, my son walked in and he told me that the line of Islam is extending from the north. It's getting beyond where it was, beyond the confluence, getting lower and lower down. All over Africa, across like this, that's past Sudan on the other ones are already consumed. South Sudan is in trouble. And Cameroon, just look at that line across West Africa and to moving to East Africa. The line of Islam, the forceful extension of that religion is increasing. And what are we doing? We don't have the sword. We don't have anything. But we have our knees. Can we go back, me, you, every one of us, and learn to cry to God about souls? And finally, I want us to also know that we should dress well to pass on this message. What do I mean? When you want to distribute tracts and you dress sexy, you're looking sexy, girl, and a young man you want to give the tract is seeing you sexy. He's not seeing the tract you're giving him. What do you want to show? If you want to show the message you are preaching, you must dress modest. You must dress. If you are coming, there are things that 
no matter how we give ourselves liberty, our environment still don't want it. When you come with screeding, long eyelashes, artificial eyelashes like this, and your color red here, yellow there, and blue on the mouth, and red on the other side, and you are bringing the message, the person is looking at you. In short, there are few who will tell you, need the sharp, okay, but that's not it. And I want you to know that you are bearing a message for the king of kings. We are bearing a message for the king of kings. There is a, 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 a way we will look and we will become a reproach to the message we are preaching. So the, the, the reason, part of the reason I dress the way I do is that I don't want to become a source of argument for the gospel. So that when I stand talking to you, you're not looking at me and saying, yeah. you know, I don't want to give you any cause to begin to argue about irrelevances and leave the gospel. This message is so important that we can give up anything for it. We can. We can. So, dress yourself, package yourself in such a way that when you are preaching to somebody, you are sharing the track, you don't become a source of distraction. You don't become an argument. And you forget the main thing. And it becomes a problem at the end of the day. The message you want to pass, you are unable to pass it. God will call all of us to account. All of us will be called to a point where we will account to God what we did with the opportunity, 70 years, 80 years of life. What did we do with it? What did we do? What did we achieve? How many people were you able to reach? What seed have we sown in the life of men that is turning them back to eternal life? I read something Nick uh, the, the, that is uh, aka life without limbs he said you should pray for him that he pitches his tent at the gate of hell redirecting traffic where are you? where are you redirecting your own traffic? are you directing traffic to hell or you are redirecting them out of hell? we all will give account and as we close in Matthew 4.19, Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So, if you follow, he will make you a fisher of men. But what of those who have not followed? There are people who come into this church, they have not followed. They have not followed. I will want to believe that everybody here is born again, but I know it's not true. I just wish it is true that everybody who is here is born again, but I know it is not true. So many people are here sitting down and the word of God is coming out again and again. 
breaking your heart and you just sit down there. When somebody said that you're hearing the gospel, not responding to him, not giving your life to Jesus, is the greatest injustice you can do to yourself. It is the greatest injustice you will do to yourself. Because you are the one who stopped yourself. You are shy. Okay, people will say, eh, she has always been here and she didn't give her life to Christ. No, no, that's not important. What matters most is that this is the time you realize that Jesus died for me. This is the moment you are realizing that, look, I need eternal life. I need him in my life. If anybody like, let them be looking at me. If they like, let them even be shouting at it, about it. I, this is my own time of realization. And I want to ask, who are those who will defy shame? Who will defy what they will say and say to Jesus today, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior? He's given that opportunity over and over again. But you are the one who will decide when to give in. When to say, Jesus, come in. All the opportunities you're having, all the messages you're listening to, they will all be played in your heart as you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you will be saying, had I known, had I known, had I known, I would have stopped playing church. Had I known, I would have stopped minding what people will think and what they don't think. And submit my life to Jesus. That life is the only life worth living. That life is the only life that is liberating you from every other bondage that the enemy has kept you in. And as we take this song, I want you to think about your life. If, I, if you look, in, look into your heart now, when you come to follow up, for example, we ask you, what is the testimony of your salvation? That is when we find out that those people are not even born again. Some people will come and be testifying of what God did for them, how God healed them, and how he gave them money to solve problems. Those things are good. But they are not salvation. That's not the salvation. Salvation means that you have realized that I am a sinner. Lost and heading towards hell. And I, am, I now recognize the message of God by sending Jesus Christ. And I received it. That's salvation. It's not about all the good things, how God answered your prayers and all the things he did and what he didn't do. No, those ones are good. They draw you closer to the Lord. But the salvation we are talking of, you must meet Jesus and receive him into your heart. Are you ready to take that decision now? As I'm singing from SS and S414, I want you to think about your life. And decide to submit your life to Jesus. Softly and tenderly Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me.
patiently Jesus is waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home. If you want to give your life to Christ, can you start coming up? Jesus is waiting. He is calling. Father and our God, forgive our backslidings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our Father and our God, forgive our growing cold in the midst of the years. In the midst of this year, make known. In the midst of this year, revive again. Revive your spirit of holiness. Revive your spirit of righteousness. Revive your spirit of wisdom. Revive your spirit of counsel. Revive your spirit of might. Revive your spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. In our hearts and in our lives. Again, in the name of Jesus. Almighty God, as we cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of flesh of minds, of thoughts, of associations, as we return and repent from where we have slid back, taking for granted your grace upon our lives, your favor upon us, your loving kindness, the spirit you have shed abroad. Father, forgive us and cleanse us in and out in the name of Jesus Christ. Create in us a new heart, a heart of obedience, a contrite heart, a heart that has compassion, not just for ourselves alone, for our own lives and benefits, but for the millions perishing. Every second two people are dying. Every minute about 108 people are dying. Every day about 156,000 are dying. And many of them are going to hell. Some of them we know well. Some of them we associate with. Some of them are close associates. Family. Heavenly Father, revive in us the burden of compassion unto these ones. Hear your word. And by your mercy, they turn to become your children. And I say it from eternal wrath in the name of Jesus Christ. Almighty God, fill us with compassion. 
We're not just filled with our day and our work and our passion and us, our family, our growth, our fame, our ambition. We are filled for the interests of the kingdom where you have brought us from the kingdom of darkness to answer the call to do your will, to fish for other men who you will bring into the fold. May this burden remain and grow and may we every moment carry it around in the name of Jesus Christ. May your spirit, O oh Lord, be found aflame in our hearts. The spirit of fear and the spirit of compromise and the spirit of living a life of incognito anonymously. I don't want to be known. I don't want them to identify me with you. Not anymore. Not where I work. And who do we want to be identified with? May that spirit, O oh Lord, be gone from everyone here in the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit of power, the spirit of sound mind, the spirit of boldness, the spirit that has your message and carries your presence returns to everyone here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus, 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 Jesus,